0: hey everybody welcome to stale bubblegum um you know a main story this year with the mets was jacob de leaving and what might have hurt me more <laughs> was rain wayne I'm, I'm stuttering i'm i'm so verklempt <laughs> over this um was wayne randazzo leaving the Mets booth um to go over to Anaheim. First of all, welcome Wayne. Uh it it's a pleasure to have you.
1: Uh thanks for having me. I appreciate being on your uh, your show.
0: Yeah thanks man. So listen let's let's talk about you leaving but let's let's not forget the good times. Um, <laughs> um it was a major bummer to hear, but I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, you you were dabbling with TV with Apple and everything, and um, and you're going over to the Angels and and doing the play-by-play on TV. Um, talk to me a little bit about, I guess, not so much your decision to leave because that's a personal thing, but um, it must have been a hard decision.
1: Yeah, it was hard, and you know, I think um, it's it's a bittersweet opportunity you know it's a it's something i've worked for to be um you know a a tv guy in the big leagues and have the the chance to do tv every night for a major league team especially a a big market team like the angels and um you know being able to really get into one of the i'd say top 10 at least uh, tv jobs in all of baseball is the angels job so it's 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 a good one to move to but you know no matter what i would have moved to if i ever moved uh, it would have been tough to leave behind, you know, the relationships in New York and uh, the people around the Mets, you know, it's, it's really a, a great place. And it's, it's one that has shaped me as a, as an announcer um, and as a person. And I, I think just uh, the the day to day of being around people that I've made close friends with and uh, have very strong relationships with is is the hardest part of leaving it behind. And, uh, you know, I'll miss my friends. I'll miss Howie, and I'll I'll miss being around those people every day. And the and the passion of the fans in New York. I mean, uh, you know, Mets fans are so into it, and it's it's something that I hope I hope there's a, a strong contingency of Angels fans that are are as into it as Mets fans are because um, you know it's something that I I will I'll miss about being around that team is just that people care and they want the team to win and they're upset when they don't and um you know the Mets are embarking on a really good time in their franchise history right now and it's 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 going to be I think the hardest part from a work standpoint will be when the Mets make the playoffs in in this upcoming season and you know I'm not there I'm not there to to see the playoff games and if they win a World Series um I'll be as thrilled as anybody but I'll I'll also be kind of sunken that I'm not, not in the booth next to Howie, uh, to watch him call it.
0: Do you know, uh, you're continuing on with Apple, correct? Yeah. Do you know if you'll be, um, calling any Met games for Apple?
1: I should be. Um, there's, there's a bunch on the list. I think there's going to be three or four Mets games on Apple in the upcoming season. And I should, I should get most of them. Um, I think there's one against the Dodgers. Um, and kind of toward the all-star break or right right after the all-star break, maybe. Um, and there's a couple others as well. So I I, I should be able to to do a few of those.
0: Cool. You know, the Mets obviously are on an, an upswing and hopefully they they will finally uh win another championship. Um but you know, the one consist consistent thing with the Mets, even, even in their worst times, has been their announcement uh their announcers and and whether it's tv or radio we've kind of been spoiled like rotten as med fans with with the best in the business yourself included um and uh can you talk to me a little bit about a obviously working with howie just in just in general and then um also the interactions that maybe you've had with gary um because gary you know segwayed from radio to tv um oh just, just what the interactions are, you know, with them as, as humans, we already know like how they are, you know, on the radio they're the best of the best.
1: Yeah. I would say that, that, that streamlines to off the air too, you know, in, in Howie's case, I spent more time with him, uh, you know, especially as his partner, the last four seasons and um, you know, Howie's a wonderful guy and, and he's really, really took an interest in developing me as an announcer um, and he'll take the same interest in, in Keith Rad and, and Pat McCarthy as they enter that booth now, um, you know, it's just kind of what Howie, where he's at in his career and, uh, just trying to pay it forward to the people that, you know, helped him along when he was a a young announcer and, um, you know, how he talks about being, Starting the Marv Albert Fan Club and how Marv took an interest in Howie at a at a young age and and kind of you know tutored him and 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 others did as well. So I think Howie just wants to kind of be that person in in his stage of his career at the moment. And Howie's still great too. I mean, Howie's uh, I would say the best radio announcer in baseball. Uh, I think he's he's number one. I think you know John Miller probably has a, a say in that as well. But and, and Pat Hughes, but I think howie uh, the way that he weaves in the stories and has such a rich history uh, of the Mets because he's basically watched every game they've ever played, you know it's 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 very unique to that to that role. So uh, you know, Howie's taught me a lot over the years and and you know, I think the biggest thing too with Gary, who's who's also taught me a lot, is just the way that they, they're if they're at that game they're going to treat it like it's game 7 of the world series you know not necessarily in their calls but just the way they prepare for it mm-hmm. you know the way that they ask questions before the game to the managers or to the coaching staff or to whoever they they come across uh just the homework that they put in for that particular game on that particular day they're in it all the way and uh, they never missed one. You know, there was never one game in the last eight seasons that I've been around those guys where they were at the game, but not really. Um, It never happened. And I think that's, that's one of the big takeaways for me and just the thoughtfulness of what they're, what they're watching and and how they want to learn about it. Um, You know, how he's been around the game since like 1987, covering the Mets in some way. And Gary, from when his minor league career started around that same time and the way that they ask questions. And again, they've watched the games, watched Mets games their whole lives. You'd think that they, you know, they, they humble themselves in a way where they, they are still learning about baseball and they're still learning about what uh, managers think about or what, well, how the game is evolving. And we'll see it evolve this year in a way that we, we really haven't before because of all the rule changes. Um, so uh, I think having that, a humility to 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 allow yourself to learn even at, at at their ages and how long they've been around is is something that you know I'll always take from this
0: you mentioned all the rule changes do you at what point during the season do you think uh players will start getting used to the changes because they are like pretty significant and, yeah. like, and I think people just as a whole think oh the bases are going to be bigger but there's so much more to it with the with the clock and the you know the one time out and there's like so much to it.
1: There is a lot to it. And unfortunately the, they, they're going to have a weird spring training because of the world baseball classic. Yeah. And on top of that, the world baseball classic is not playing by those new rules. Mm-hmm. Um They're going to still have all the old rules in place for whatever reason. So, um you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit back and forth. I think it will take about a month Um maybe into the season. I think by the beginning of May, everybody should be on the same page by then, but it might take up until then um, to, to get it all straightened out and for the violations to go down. I think there'll still be violations though. I, I, you know, just looking at the minor league numbers, uh, there were a lot of violations early in the year and then not as many toward the end, but there were still were some. Um, So we'll see. I mean, some of the minor league players have, have been through it. Guys who were at AAA in the past season, Um, they shouldn't have much of a a hard time adjusting. Um, So I I think that as you go on, you know, the adjustments will get easier and easier as, as, as time plays out. But for some of these older guys, uh, it's going to be an adjustment. I'm curious to see how Mark can handle it? You Mm -hmm. know, he's got to be in the batter's box. I think that, you know, with the big, one of the bigger changes, if you talk to some of the pitchers uh, and catchers who've been around it is that, you know, the, the pitcher is often waiting for the batter, and their in their opinion, you know that they 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 want the batter to get in the box and and be ready. And uh, now the batter will, will have to be. So I think it's, it's they're going to call it a pitch clock, but it is just as much for the hitters as it is for the pitchers, and uh, we'll notice a huge difference. I, I think people are are still still complaining about length of games, or still um, saying baseballs this or that. But they don't know what's coming. They 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 don't have a grasp on how it's going to be, and I think we're going to see a much uh, cleaner,
0: crisper game
1: in the upcoming year.
0: I think it's going to be. I don't know if "fun" is the appropriate word, but to call some of those instances of the violations huh. may at least make for some good TV.
1: Maybe, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, it depends what's what. You know, I think that I think some of the. um the way they're very, they're going to be very strict about how the infielders are positioned. So I, I can't imagine too many violations when it comes to the infielder positioning and the non-shifts. Um, but I'm sure we'll see some with regard to automatic balls and strikes being called due to either the batter taking too long or the pitcher uh, taking too long, or you know maybe. We could see a Chris Weber situation and a batter steps out of the box after he's already done it once and uh and gets called for an automatic strike. Um, you know, it's a lot on the managers and the coaches to make sure everybody knows the rules. And that's what this spring training is going to be about. And um, you know, I think I think everybody would like if everybody stayed in camp through the entire time, but um, you know, it doesn't give a lot of time to work through it. I think some of these guys leave at the beginning of March. Some of them leave uh, maybe the second week of March, but, um, you know, for the guys who are going to be in the tournament, um, like Team USA or the Dominican Republic teams, you expect to be in it till the end. Yeah, you know, that's two full weeks, um, two and a half weeks out of camp. So, you know, it'll be, and again, playing by the old rules. So that's, that's really the strange part about the WBC. That should be one thing if they're all playing by the new rules. They wouldn't have that readjustment when they get back to their teams, but that readjustment will happen right as the season is about to start.
0: How how was this off season for you? Um, you mentioned the WBC, and I'm just thinking as as you're learning a new team, it's not going to help you much with some players being out of spring training for a bit either. I mean, you're yeah. a pro, but like, um, what's it been like for you this off season, Getting to know a new team, continuing to learn a new team. And on the other end of it, probably can't help yourself from still following the Mets. You've been following them for a while. Uh, what's the offseason been like for you?
1: Yeah, it's been crazy. You know, and I'm I'm not one to really you know count my chickens before they hatch either. So I've I kind of waited until everything was official to really uh, dig in on the Angels. I didn't you know I was kind of offered the job early in the off season and then uh, you know you negotiate and you figure out what's what and right. make final decisions and <clears throat> so that didn't really come till closer to christmas and um you know it was and, and since then it's been it's been kind of just going crazy on on learning the angels players and filling out my bios for each guy and um you know, I've I've even right now I'm still not completely done with the forty man roster. And they just added Matt Moore today. So, mm-hmm. um, and I gotta go go get him going again. So, um, you know, it's 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 something that has been a big undertaking. You know, you feel like as the TV announcer, you need to know everything. Maybe it's because I've just been around Gary for the last eight years, but um kind of need to know it all. And um, you know, I don't want I don't really want there to be blind spots and to not have blind spots, you you really have to dig through it all um so you know there's and then on top of it with the wbc they you know they invited like 95 players to camp um to make up for some of the guys that won't be there so uh, not that you have to dig so deep into those guys who you know you'll only see in spring training we still want to know something and and um you know just kind of get the overarching views of the team and you know i'd like to dig in a little bit more on the historical stuff too before the season starts, which I really haven't uh, done a whole lot of yet. I've done a little, but not a lot. So, you know, just kind of want to get a little bit more um, just a little bit more down about, about the history of the angels too. So it's a lot, you know, it's not a team that we saw a lot around the Mets, you know, it's very rare that those teams played each other. They did this past season um, and they will now every year, at least uh, until this they change it all again at some point, but um, you know, for the time being, they'll, everybody's going to play everybody, and and that'll be a good thing because uh, you won't you won't have those teams that you don't know as well, like um, you know most of the American League. To me,
0: I mean, I think the <clears throat> the obvious question going to the Angels is like you know the Trout and the Otani, you know, getting excited to watch them on an everyday basis. Are there other angels, and they've made some significant moves too in the offseason That you're, I don't want to say excited, but like you know, just intrigued to kind of get to know better.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think for them, they need they need Rendon out there, and they need Rendon to play 130 games at least to to really feel like they are going to reach their their ceiling for the year. Um, yeah, Trout on Otani, I think, certainly grabbed the headlines. The Angels have some good young pitching. Uh Patrick Sandoval's had a couple of nice seasons. Reed, you know, Reed Detmers had a had a good year last year. It was really his first full year in the major leagues. And they've got some other guys too, some other younger arms that that they like that are coming through. Um so it, you know, you know, it'll be I think it'll be a pretty good pitching staff, you know, especially now that they've added Matt Moore, just try to get their bullpen a little deeper. Um, but I, I think they'll pitch okay. And and obviously Otani being the the lead dog in that in that rotation is is you know, probably trying to win the Cy Young and, and the MVP and everything he can uh, for the upcoming year going into free agency, uh, potentially. So, you know, it's a, it's an intriguing team. I, I think they, you know, Houston is still going to be the, the darling of their division. And Seattle obviously ha- has shown some promise as well. But I think the Angels will be right there. Um, and I think they'll, they're trying to put together a, a good season. You know, they've got a good young catcher that they picked up from the Phillies. Uh, for Brandon Marsh, Logan Ohapi. Who, if you read about Ohapi, it's it's you think he's going to be the real deal. I mean, he seems like a guy who's was really mature for his age and can really grow into the role of being a starting catcher and it can hit. So, um, you know, if, if Ohapi turns out to be a good player, I think the Angels can be set at that position for a long time, which is a tough position uh, to settle. You know, it's not it's not one where you can just go grab a, a catcher freely and and plug them in for the next 10 years so um you know they feel like they've got somebody in, in a hobby who can really be that
0: I'm just going back to like you know learning a team and everything with radio um and and they both probably obviously have um their challenges their differences blah 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 but radio is really painting a picture right of what's going on and and TV you're seeing it I'm not saying anything new um is it going to be a challenge, like, to kind of fill that air a little bit? So, like, you have to kind of do more of a deep dive into, like, the fact, like, G- Gary throws some facts or whatever. I mean, and he's got, you know, Keith and Ron to to talk also, but he'll throw some of these obscure facts and he'll throw some dates out. And, like, um, yeah. do you find that you need to do, like, some, like, even more of that, because really, like what you and Howie have done so well is really painting a picture of what's going on at city field,
1: yeah, it's you know TV is different uh, i I find t v to be more relaxing and and easier, um, you know, radio, you have to be so on top of everything in the moment, you can't miss anything, um I suppose you can, but then you just won't <laughs> you just right. not do it. <laughs> Right. A service to, to your listeners and to, but to really do a good job you have to be on top of everything and um you know talking all the time and you know tv you can let it breathe you can have a conversation about whatever you want you're not you're not beholden to the game much uh, i think you are in certain spots but and and you know we're kind of basing it off the old the old way too you're you're probably preparing for a three and a half hour game now you're probably preparing for a two and a half hour game Mm -hmm. um so it's going to be you're going to say a lot less and and probably not get into those deep off offbeat conversations as much but uh, i think you just have to be ready for what the game throws your way so when you're when you're well prepared and well researched you can dig into whatever is happening you know you can you can talk about anything because you've you've prepared yourself for all of it um so I think that's kind of where where Gary shines is that he's so well versed in so many different ways that it doesn't matter what direction the game is turning he's got something for it, and uh, I think that's just out of preparation and being ready for every moment
0: you can fill a lot of dead air just if you bring up um. Like the end sequence of the Naked Gun, that, cause, yeah, because that's—I mean—that's pure angels,
1: <laughs> right? I, I'm sure it'll, it'll come up at some point uh, over the course of the season. Uh, you know, I gotta—I gotta learn what what makes uh, what Mark Gubiza's into and me uh, <laughs> and he and Ron Darling are pretty good friends, and you know, Gooby's kind of from that same era as as Keith and Ron. You know, he won right. a World Series with the '85 Royals and um you know he's he's a good resource and a good analyst and uh likes pitching and and all that so i i think you know he's supposed to be like the greatest guy in the world What everybody keeps telling me so um you know i'm excited to work with him and it it's i'm sure we'll have a, a good time working together
0: you got to find out uh if reggie jackson really killed the queen that's what you gotta find.
1: <laughs> it's first on my list <laughs>
0: So what else have you done during the off season? Like, how do you unwind? Cause you know, baseball really has become, and by become, I mean, this is like the past, you know, decade, two decades, like baseball really is like a year round thing. Like when I was a kid, baseball was over when the world series was over and like, you would hear about signings, but you would just hear about them. Like it wasn't anything crazy, but um, what do you do to unwind with the off season? I know you had kind of a, a different kind of offseason than
1: usual but um yeah yeah I mean it wasn't a ton of unwinding this offseason you know it's it, it ended so abruptly um the the season and that was really that took a little bit uh to get out of because we, we were ready to go to LA um for the division series you know the Mets won that Saturday game against the Padres to tie that wild card series up and and we packed up and got ready to go we we you know we really hadn't had to do it since 2015 uh, to get into a, a playoff run and um you know be able to to have that kind of October life but uh we we're ready for it and uh for it to end the way it did with one hit and and Joe Musgrove's ears burning up city field you know it was a it was a weird night and we weren't ready you know it was we were not ready for the end um so it took a couple of days just to just to kind of get the taste out of your mouth that this was over and uh, that the off season had arrived and, and had arrived to kind of in an ugly way. So it was different than past off seasons where, you know, you knew the end was on a certain day and you could get ready for it and mentally prepare. This was, this was kind of out of, out of nowhere um, and smacked you up against the head. So it took a couple of days just to get out of your funk and then uh, make, make the next move. But you know, I do football in the off season and I do basketball and, you know, I was pretty busy anyway, uh, doing some of that, I do a little bit of hockey every now and then. So, uh, I, I keep busy and, and, um, you know, just get back home and, and, you know, kind of get used to, uh, life at home again and, um, uh, you know, being a dad and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to get back and, and get into that, that life again. And then when you're, when baseball comes back around, you, you just get ready to go on to, uh, to start a new season. And and that's kind of where we're at now. And um, it's going to be a different, different season for me and, and, you know, doing this job without all the people that I'm used to being around, but um, you know, I'm excited for the opportunity and, and looking forward to get out to uh, California.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to end there. Uh, I wish you the best. It's, it's Thank definitely you. our loss. I can tell you that much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll always appreciate the Mets fans and, um, you know, who knows what's going to happen down the road and, and, you know, if there's uh, ever a, a way for me to come back, but, you know, I'm like, hoping that, you know, with, with the Apple games, that will, uh, fill some of that void of, uh, not being around the Mets and hopefully I'll get to do some Mets games this year that way. And, uh, you know, get to come back to city field and the angels play there, uh, in August. And it, it'll be, it'll be great to be back around, uh, that place and all the all the Mets fans and you know I, I I'm certainly rooting for the team from afar I hope they win 100 games again and, and go much further into the playoffs I, they certainly can you know it's certainly a world series ready team and I I hope they're there and I I, I want to hear Howie's call and uh you know that's 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 where I'm at and I hope that they get get to do that here at some point in the next you know couple of years.
0: Well, and then, you know, similarly, I hope you get another like legendary call because I mean, you, <laughs> you, you got Pujols' 700, right? So Yeah, that was that, unbelievable. Yeah, I hope something else, you know, awesome comes your way. Thank um, you. All right, man. Um, I can't believe we did an interview and didn't even talk about uh, your bromance with uh, Steve, but <laughs> we'll do it next time. Uh,
1: long distance bromance. No. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, Wayne. I appreciate it, man.
1: All right. Take care.
0: You too.